0: Um, finally, I'm going to go ahead. We have uh, guest speaker Ken Rudolph. Ken, you can start coming on up here. Ken has um, served with Lake Ann Camp for over 35 years. And I also asked him how long he's been coming in and uh, preaching with us. And I feel better because he couldn't remember. <laughs> and so I'm just going to tell my kids when I forget things, it's, it's normal. So <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. It's uh, great to be back here at East Bay Calvary. And uh, this seems to be something I do every summer uh, w- when I come to camp. Um, to tell you that I've been at Lake Ant Camp for 35 years is probably better to say I've spent 35 summers there because I uh, I did work full-time for 10 years at Lake Ant Camp, but uh, the last 13 years, uh, my wife and I have been missionaries. Uh, we go back and forth between. We don't live over in Europe, but we do a lot of work over in Europe, and uh, we did that for 13 years. And then, when COVID hit, we kind of, uh, you know, had to sit at home, and they wouldn't let us go to Europe, and and so we were kind of like, what are we supposed to do? Uh, we prayed about it, and uh, I turned 70 last year, and so. Um, my wife said, "Why don't you just retire?" And since COVID won't let us do anything, and so uh, now, uh, now, so we still do Lake Ann. We still go over to Europe and do stuff. We just don't get paid as much, you know. So, so we're still in ministry, though we're retired. Somebody keeps that you know, people keep asking me, "Well, you know, what do you do differently that, now that you're retired?" I'm like, "Nothing. We just keep going, and uh, we'll go until uh, we wear out or whatever." But uh, uh, let me see is my wife here somewhere she's she's, I know she's in the back over here, over here. <laughs> oh up it uh, she's way up in the balcony okay with Andy and Stephanie okay great friends of ours that are uh, came to Lake Ann for this week and so we said we're going to East Bay Calvary so they're there good to see a way up there okay my wife's like, I'm getting as far away as I can from him. So, All right. Well, this morning I thought I would uh, share with you. Oh, by the way, things are going very well at Lake Ann. We've had 203 campers saved so far in the first four weeks, yes. <clears throat> and uh, so anyway, that, that's kind of what I want to talk about. That's, that's my heartbeat, the The gospel. So if you take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1, I'd like to talk about the gospel this morning. I know that East Bay Calvary has always been uh, so well known as a place that teaches the word of God. And so, you know, we're very proud of that. But one of the things sometimes I think we can... uh, I was a pastor for 10 years... And I know that what I wanted to keep central in my heart as a pastor was I want to keep the gospel as central, amen? And sometimes we, uh, we can kind of, uh, you know, discipleship is important and all that, but sometimes we can forget the front end of it and concentrate on, on the back end of it. And so I just want to take two simple verses this morning. Simple but powerful verses in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Let me read those for you. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous or the just shall live by faith. So, t- this morning, what I just, just a very simple message, and that is four reasons why I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes, four reasons why I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul states very emphatically as he's speaking to these Roman believers, he says, I'll tell you one thing, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we look at these two verses, I find four reasons why he was not ashamed and why I'm not ashamed, and hopefully you will not be ashamed, and you as a church will not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The first one is, number one, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because, number one, it works. It works. Let's look at verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Amen? Amen? It's the power of God. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm glad when God called me into ministry, I didn't have to depend on my intelligence or my impressiveness, you know. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I love that First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. It says, For you see your calling, brethren, not very many mighty, not very many noble, not very many wise are called according to the flesh. And I didn't really understand that until I'd been saved a few years. I know when I first got saved, I thought, God saved me because I was a cool dude. And maybe, you know, I could really impact the world because I was cool. And God's like, I want Ken Rudolph on my team. But the more I look at my life, the more God, the Holy Spirit, reveals to me that you're a very simple person. You're not noble. You didn't come from noble stock. I was born on a farm and and uh, all my relatives were farmers. And boy, when we have family reunion, you, we, you can tell we're very common. Okay? We're not cool. Uh, I'm not very wise. I remember one time doing a study on uh, the book of Proverbs about fools. I listed all the verses a fool does this, and a fool does this. And, fool. and I was looking at that so I could help other people. As I looked at these verses, I'm like, I'm the poster boy for the fool, you know? I do all these things. I'm a fool. Also, not very mighty. Man, I'll tell you what, I had a very weak spirit. I was just not a very strong in spirit kind of person. And it's taken the grace of God to help me. But I realized back, you know, as I look at my life, and when I went to camp at the age of 15, my my dad let me have a week off of baling hay. A friend of mine asked me to go to camp. And uh, I went to camp to have fun. And I got there and boy I tell you what there was power in that place. The power of God was there. I noticed something was different about these people and they were they were singing songs like like you sang this morning. They were different than the songs that I sang at <clears throat> at that point I was going to a very liberal church and uh I could tell, you know, they just you know very liturgical and just kind of, you know, blah 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 and everything was boring and man, I got to camp and they're singing to Jesus. And, and even the, the teenagers, we'd line up for lunch, and they're all singing, you know, I'm so happy, and here's the reason why. Jesus took my burdens all away. And the girls were like, he took my burdens all away. You know, they had parts, and they were singing enthusiastically, and I'm like, these kids love this. You know, my youth group was like, sing louder, you brats, you know. And, you know, and like, oh, we have to. And there was power there. There was something different. There, there was happy teenagers, and they'd get up and they would share these testimonies. You know, I used to take drugs, and now I'm saved. I used to have sex with my girlfriend, and then I got saved, and I was like, what is this they're talking about? Is the power of God to salvation. And I, and the Holy Spirit convicted me, and I was like, man, I'm such a sinner. I'm into cursing and swearing and pornography, and." as a teenager and I was lost and I knew it and that, that preacher preached a message I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit was there and he convinced me you need Jesus and I got saved. I, I even had to walk over four people's toes to get in the aisle and go back in those days you had to go forward you know. And I was like man and somebody tapped me on the shoulder I'm like man I, that was the power of God. And I went forward and I got saved. And, and uh, I'll tell you, it, God changed me. And, and uh, I'm, all my sins were gone. Hey, I'll tell you what, it's the power of God unto salvation. It does work, amen? Sometimes it's been so long since maybe you've seen somebody saved. That's what sometimes is a burden in my heart for churches. When, when I became a pastor, I took a church of 50 people my first uh, pastor as a senior pastor, I was like, man, I'm going to turn the world upside down for Jesus. And I took these 50 people, and in six months I had 40. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you're not the cool dude you thought. You, you need the power of God in your church. Amen? And I said, God, I, I don't know how to get people saved. One of the difficulties was I was in the most affluent neighborhood of Washington, D.C., And they named our church Charity Baptist Church. I mean, I don't know who the marketing people were that chose the name for our church. But you don't put a Baptist church in the middle of rich people and call it Charity Baptist. It's pretty stupid, okay? But that's what we named it. And so everybody thought we were just a charity case. You know, they didn't know charity meant love. And so I'm like, I got all these things against me. But I'll tell you what, I had the power of God behind me if I was going to preach the gospel. And I'm like, God, my church is going in the opposite direction. I need the power of God. God, I need you. I'll tell you what, I started crying out to God. The righteous cry, it says in Psalm 34, verse 7, the righteous cry, and the Lord hears them and delivers them out of all their distresses. I'm like, God, I'm distressed. I haven't seen anybody saved. I started crying out to God, God. I need you to save people. People will not drive into this parking lot and walk into this church. You're going to have to bring them. Man, I cried out to God. I cried out to God. I, my, the men of my church, they planned a hunting trip. And they, they said, we're going to invite some unsaved guys. Listen, I hate hunting, okay? I can't understand why you'd want to stand out in the woods freezing cold and wait for a deer to walk by. Okay, I'm like, I'll just buy the meat at the store. Okay, uh, that's just me. Now some of you're like, oh, hunting, you know, but not me. But I'll tell you, I went so I could be with these unsaved guys, and on the way back, I remember witnessing to this guy, and I hadn't seen anybody saved in my church, but I'm witnessing. this two-hour trip home, just tell him about Jesus and how he can save, and you can't work your way to heaven, and and um, anyways, we got home and. And uh, uh, he and his wife came to church next Sunday. And then he made an appointment. I said, hey, can I come and visit you? And so I went into Gary and Janet's home, and I sat down, and I said, all right. I said, you know, this is not a social visit. I said, Gary, I've told you all about the gospel, and so I'm just going to meet. I mean business right now. And he says, well, we were, we were hoping you'd ask us to be saved. He says, I've been waiting. And he and his wife got saved that night. <laughs> now, I didn't do that when they first got saved. I waited until they got in the car, you know. Rolled down the window. Woo! And they got saved. They got baptized. They joined a the church. Then I remember another I kept praying God, God, we need people saved. I, I can't live without people. You've got to do it. God, you've got to do it. I can't. I'm not cool. Sun, uh, Easter Sunday morning had another guy in my church that he would bug everybody to come to church. He was not afraid. He was not ashamed of the gospel because he knew it was the power of God to salvation. So he bugged his neighbors until they said, okay, we'll come on Easter Sunday. They were so scared to come, they invited two of their uh, relatives to come with them. And so Easter Sunday morning, these two young couples walk in to my church. And, of course, everybody's like, Pastor look." I was like, act normal, act normal. (laughs) You know, just, and I gave the gospel that Sunday morning. Now, I knew they came because this guy in my church had bugged them to pieces, so they're just, but I preached the gospel, and I was foolish enough to think that maybe God, I gave an invitation. Those two couples came forward. I came down off the platform, I said, "What, what do you want? They said, you said to come up here if we want to get saved. I'm like, you you want to get saved? It it works. Amen? Amen. It's it's not your coolness. It's not your music. It's the power of God unto salvation. It works. So, man, those two families joined. I kept crying out, oh, God, you've got to do it, I pray. Oh, then he brought another family, the Wallaces, the the Karchiks, another family, the Posies, then Cliff, then William, then I'll I'll tell you, you know what I used to pray for? I used to pray for, dear God, I prayed you'd give me baby lambs to come to this church. You know, sometimes we wish, it's like, well, that church across town's having trouble. Maybe some of their people will come and we'll start growing. You know what? That, that's, just a, that's just asking for more problems. Amen. Okay? And so, man, I used to say, God, don't bring old sheep here. I want baby lambs. Amen. It's the power of God. And when people are born again, they're babies. Amen. They're so sweet. I, I remember having Bible studies with these new people as I'd cried out to God, God, it's your power, and God save them. It works. And I'd go to their home and start having Bible studies. Man, we're sitting around the kitchen table, beers on the table, cigarettes, you know, little notebooks. Pastor, what does this mean? I was like, this is glorious. <laughs> Baby lambs, they don't know anything. We can teach them. You, don't you want that in your church? Amen? Oh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's not Ken Rudolph's ability to bring people to, it's the power of God. And I'll tell you, when I, when I go to camp and I stand in front of those young people and they all look weird, and you, do you know how hard it is to make teenagers listen to you? Man, I go up there, I'm scared to death. Somebody asked me one time, what's your greatest fear? I'm like, preaching in front of teenagers. <laughs> That's my greatest fear in life that I might bore them. But I'll tell you, I go up there, I say, God, you've got to do it. It's the power of God. And I go up there with expectancy. I'm like, God, I know there's unsaved young people here, and I believe you can open up their eyes, for the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I preach, and I give an invitation. Oh, you should have been there uh, Friday night our, uh, when we got all the programs together, and we have about 600 kids in that, that chapel. And I preach my heart out, and I say, No. How many of you would like to have Jesus as your Savior? Raise your hand. I'm telling you, I couldn't count them all. Couldn't count them all. Woohoo! I'm pretty good. No. It's the power of God and the salvation. Amen? It works. Let me ask you, is it working in your heart? Is it working in your church? Is that the primary thing? You're like, we need baby lambs. I'll tell you what, you, you look through the Scriptures you, say, you see people like Sarah. Sarah, Abraham's life, she wanted to have a baby. She cried out, oh, I want to have a baby. What about Rachel? She went to Jacob. She says, give me a baby or I die. How about Hannah? She goes to the temple and she kneels down and prays so fervently for her child that the, the priest thought she was drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm just filled with the Spirit. Amen. Oh, do you cry out for babies? It says in Proverbs chapter thirty, verse sixteen. There's four things that never crowd. It is enough, and one of them is the empty womb, the barren womb. Oh God, when is the last time you led someone to Christ? You're like, well, I'm not very eloquent. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so common, and I'm just, you know, hey, you're a candidate because it's not you, it's the power of God. You cry out, for, oh, I kept crying out for my church, oh, God, save people, save people. My ministry that, that, that I have now at camps, oh, God, save people, God, save people. And guess what? He does. Amen? He will. Do you have an empty, an empty womb today and you'd say, oh, God, I can't take it. I've got to lead someone to Christ. Or you just come to church every Sunday and say, okay, preacher, make me feel good about my salvation that happened 30 years ago for me it was 55 years ago can i tell you what it's still the power of god it's still so delicious to me and so I, it because it works and i want it to work and that's what it's all about amen well not only does it work number 2 it's inclusive i'm not ashamed of the power or the gospel of God, because it's inclusive. Look at verse 16 again. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Hey, it's for everybody, amen? I'll tell you, sometimes we're like, well, I want my church to look like me. And when we get weird people coming in, it's kind of, you know. But I'll tell you what, it's inclusive. The Jew and the Greek. The Jews didn't like the Greeks. The Greeks probably didn't like the Jews. But there's like, you know what? Paul's like, I'm not ashamed because God saves anybody. Amen? I'll tell you one thing they teach us at Lake End Camp. You go through the training and you're like, listen, we are going to respect everybody who comes, every camper that comes are going to receive our respect because they're made in the image of God. And sometimes you get kids that get off the bus and they got a mohawk hairdo with spikes like six inches high, purple, green, blue, all the colors, you know, and you're like, whoa. But guess what? Ken Rudolph, don't judge them. Just go up and shake their hand, give them a hug, and say, we're so glad you're here at Lake Ann because guess what? The gospel's for everyone. Jesus loves people with spiked hair. Amen? Or tattoos. you're like mm-hmm. don't go there, you know. Now, I don't get tattoos, okay? One time I was asking kids, they asked me questions, and somebody said, "What do you think of tattoos?" I said, "I don't I think they don't come off, you know, but that's as far as I'm going." And I I don't know why you'd want to put a tattoo on your body, but almost all the young people are doing it today, and I'm like, "You know what? Okay, I don't get it, but God will save people with tattoos. In fact, people that are saved want to put tattoos on them, okay? They put gospel messages and stuff. That's okay. Yeah. It, listen, stop judging. It's for everybody. Amen? Man, I'll tell you what. Traverse City's becoming quite a liberal town, isn't it? You see all those weird signs in the front? I believe this, and uh, science is true, and all this. You know, they, got, they put their doctrinal statement in the front and on. And sometimes you're like, you idiots, you know. Hey, they need Jesus too, amen? They need Jesus. It, it blows my mind sometimes. And in, in the church I go to, and you find out, you mean you voted for that guy for president? And they're like, you mean you voted for the other guy? I don't know if I can fellowship with you anymore. No, the gospel's for everybody, it's inclusive. Or how about those weird people that God saves? You ever have weird people in your church? I know there was one guy. He got—I mean, he got gloriously saved, but he had no filter. You know those people—they go around like uh, you know. I remember one time, a uh, uh, husband and a wife came in different cars just because the wife took longer to get ready. You know, and she walks in the door, He goes, "What's the matter? Are you and your husband having problems?" I was like, "Don't say that." So it was my ministry to keep this guy occupied while people came to church, you know. You're like, oh, why does God save people like that? Because God saves anybody. He saves horrible sinners. I remember after I got saved, I was like, Wow, if God could forgive me for all the things I've done, He could forgive anybody. And then this young lady transferred into our school in high school. And uh, she became a friend of mine. I talked with her, and she, one day she says, why are you so nice to me? I'm like, I try to be nice to everybody, you know. And she goes, well, i got to tell you something about my life, and once I tell you, you probably won't be my friend anymore. She said, we had to leave a t- our, our other town to come to this town because of some, you know, really bad sins in their family. And she told me what had happened to her and the family sins and things like that. She says, Okay, well, that's it. So you don't have to be my friend anymore. I said, Why wouldn't I want to be your friend? I said, You know what? Jesus forgives everybody. It's inclusive the Jew and the Greek, the weird people, the really bad sinners. And I'll never forget this girl's like, You mean you still would be my friend? I'm like, Yeah, because Jesus is my friend and I don't deserve to be his friend. God can save anybody. I'll tell you what, I invite her to church. She came to church, and I remember the, the day she walked the aisle and got saved at my, my local church there. She came to Christ. And maybe it's because sometimes we just want our church to look like we look. And man, we need to say, God, it's inclusive. The Jew, the Greek, the weirdo, everybody, I want to go reach people in Traverse City. Amen? Amen? Number three, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, number three, because it's unique. It's unique. Let's look at verse 17. For in it, that means in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Wow. Aren't you glad that the righteousness of God comes to you through faith and not by works? Oh, the gospel's unique. You see, when I went to camp at the age of fifteen, man, I thought I'd do my best. You know, I, you know, I know I, I swear like crazy, and I'm into pornography, and and I I lie at school. I'm such a liar, and and oh, I knew what was deep in my heart, and but I I tried so hard. I mean, um, I thought maybe God, because the Rudolphs, we didn't bail hay on Sunday. We went to a church that was lifeless, but at least we went to church, you know, and. I remember watching the neighbor baling hay on Sunday as we drove to church. I'm like, well, he's going to hell for sure. You know, he, he doesn't stand a chance. But the Rudolphs, we, we go to church on Sunday. And I remember when I went through confirmation and the pastor placed his hands on our heads at the altar and said something, I don't know what it was, but it seemed very holy. And I was like, well, maybe that'll count for something. And, and then getting a Bible with my name on it And uh, and had a zipper, you know, and on a a gold cross on a zipper. I'm like, that's something to impress God with when I go to heaven. He goes, you know, you swear quite a bit. Like I got a Bible with my name on it, gold cross, you know. God's gonna, oh, it's beautiful. Come on in. (laughs) No, I'll tell you. You know, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because. Yet the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. It's by faith. You are justified by faith, Romans 5, verse 1, amen? Therefore, being justified by faith, I have peace with God through my Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my goodness, what a story! I remember when this preacher was preaching at that camp, and before I was saving him, and listening, to you. I'm like, you mean... I, I don't have to work my way to heaven. I could have all my sins forgiven right now, everything for my past, everything for my future, and God would wrap it up and nail it to the cross, and the blood of Jesus Christ would wash me as white as snow. What a deal! Amen? Woo! Righteousness, not by what I do, but by faith. And I went forward, and I wept my eyes, because all my sins were gone and I went and prayed to my counselor, and I walked back to my cabin. I'm like, I have peace with God. I woke up the next morning, and I have peace with God. The world needs to know this story. Amen? I'm not ashamed. I want to tell everybody. God put that in my heart from the beginning. I'll tell you, it wasn't like it. Well, when I was three years old, I asked Jesus in my heart. And I don't know, I don't know. I'll tell you what, I knew the difference. And I hope you have that same sense of the uniqueness. Every other religion is like, you better work your way. You better do your best. You know, you, you gotta earn it. And people, oh, phew, I gotta work so hard. And no, it's, we read that Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 this morning. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Doesn't it just fill your heart this morning with a sense of I want to tell the world? I remember leaving that camp that morning. the Saturday morning when it was all over. That week I got saved and I'm, I'm driving home and I see the camp disappearing into the distance and I'm like, I am going into the world with a new message. I've never, I'd never heard it before at the other church I went to. Man, it kind of made me a little mad. Did you ever get mad? That, you know, I was like, how come I? I went home, I'm like, Mom, Dad, how come this church we go to never taught? They, I was always taught it was by works. And my, my parents, they weren't saved at the time. I'm like, well, we don't know. We don't know. I'm like, well. Went to my youth group. They're going to take a trip to the United Nations, the hope of the world. I said, we don't need to go to the United Nations. We need to go to camp. And they're like, well, we've raised money to go to New York, to the United Nations. And, and uh, I was like, we need to go to camp. Well, but, you know, man, I made a stink about it because I want them to hear this unique message that Jesus saves. Amen. Is that beating your heart this morning? They finally kicked me out of the youth group. They're like, here, you take your money and go to camp. I'm like, all right, and I'm going to go to another church too. And I went to I went to a Bible preaching church, and I walked in there, and the pastor got up there, and he's crazy preaching the word. I was like, Woo, it's what I want, just like Cam." Man, I tell you, (laughs) I remember he he drew uh, for Sunday school. He drew this chalkboard eschatological line, you know, and you know, age of innocence, and this, and law, and grace, and millennium, and tribulation. I was like, "Whoa!" I went home. I said. Mom, the Bible knows everything, even the future. This is unique, amen? Some people are just trying to hammer away. I'll do my best. I'll tell you, we got a message to release Traverse City from the darkness to the light. It's unique, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Oh, when I got that faith, guess what? I wanted to give that faith to somebody else, too. I I preached to my high school students, uh, friends. I, I, and then one day, you know, I was called to the ministry by a bad sermon. Man, I was so on fire for God. I want to tell everybody, Jesus saves. And I got in there. We got a guest preacher. I hope this doesn't happen to you today, (laughs) but we got a guest preacher, and he like "Blah, blah 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 blah. I'm like, that's not the Bible. That's not the message of, and I remember looking at the floor and saying, "I, I, sitting in that pew looking at the floor, I could preach better than that. The Holy Spirit said, that's what I want you to do. And I love this message. (laughs) Because Jesus said, And the world sits in darkness. Traverse City sits in darkness. Teenagers sit in darkness. And I just want to tell them about Jesus. No matter what you've done, He can save you if you take your faith off of your works. And put your faith in Jesus. Oh wow. God won me over 55 years ago. I hope He'll stir that up again. It may be in your heart. You won't just take it for granted. Oh, I'm saved, and I go to church. And does it burn in our hearts? This is the most unique message in the world, and we must take it to the world. Amen. Well, I hope you're not ashamed of the gospel because it works. It's the power of God. It works. And it can work in this church. It's inclusive. I'll tell you, God can save anybody. So, man, that gives me hope for anyone. Number three, it's unique. Oh, it's a righteousness revealed by faith. Oh, thank you, God, for that. So It's so wonderful. And then last of all, number four, I'm not ashamed because... Number four, it works. Okay? Can I use the same words? Let's look at the last phrase there in verse 17. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. <laughs> hey, our righteousness comes by faith. But guess what? After you get saved, you become just or righteous in God's sight, covered with righteousness of Christ. Guess what? Now you've got to live by it. Amen? Woo! Aren't you glad you don't have to do it yourself? God's like, I saved you, now do your best. No, I'll tell you what, Jesus said, it's good if I go away, because then the Holy Spirit will come. And when the Holy Spirit comes in you, I'll tell you what, now you have power, you change. The just shall live by faith. And I went home, and I was like, I... I think I got saved. I mean, I, I'd never heard of the, I thought conversion was for the drunks down on the, in the Bowery, you know? When the Salvation Army went down there with their instruments and their drum beating, you know, you must be saved. I'm like, of course, they need to be saved. But God showed me I needed to be saved. And I was like, wow, I, I remember, I'm like, is there such a thing as conversion where you could be bad and then be good and say, Yes, it's true. And I went home, and I'm like, I wonder if it's really going to work. I went out in the barn, and I think I told you this illustration a couple of years ago when I was here. I went out to the barn to do my chores. Now, I used to curse and swear out in the barn because I hated these stupid cows. And I walked out there, walked by a cow, and the cow kicked me, and I was like, God bless you. <laughs> Self-control. What's one of the fruits of the Spirit? Self-control. I was like, I said, I'm saved. I'm saved. Amen? It works. The righteous shall live by faith. The just shall live. By. I remember one time sitting in the, our living room, one of our grandkids was sitting, laying under the table. We had this kitchen table with a pedestal in it. And so it just had the one post. And she's laying under there and we, Jenner and I were working with all of our computers and cell phones on the table, you know, working furiously for the ministry and doing our business. And she's under there, and she's just pushing her feet against this pedestal. And all of a sudden, there was a vase with flowers in it, and that thing was wobbling, and it tipped over, and water went all over the table. Water all over our $1,000 computers and phones, $1,000 phones, and we're snatching them up. And, you know, my typical way you stupid idiot, what are you doing? You know. But that day I just remove the stuff and put it on the table, and my, my wife's looking at me, you know. And she says, You okay? I'm like, Yes. I choose peace. One of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Peace. Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. I remember my wife looked at me and she goes, I think you're saved, Ken. That wasn't too many years ago. <laughs> I was like, yeah, when you can not be an angry, grumpy old man, that's the power of God. It works. Amen. And I had some of those couples that got saved in my church. I'll never forget the one guy got saved. He was an alcoholic. He stopped drinking. He was an adulterer. He stopped drinking living in adultery his wife had been married five times i remember having a bible study we we're in john 4 talking about the woman at the well and married five times and i knew she'd been divorced before and we're sitting there talking she goes pastor just like me i'm like you mean divorced she goes yeah five times i'm like you've been divorced five times yep i'll tell you what they became strong dynamic saints Study the Bible until he could lead Bible studies. He had a Bible study in his home, and people came and got saved at his home. And his wife had had five divorces. Well, let me tell you, the righteous shall live by faith. Once you get saved, it works there too. Amen? We need to bring sinners into this place. Oh, we need to have a heart. Oh, God, it works. It's the power of God. And it's it, it, and it's inclusive, and it's unique. What a wonderful message the world needs! And once they get saved, it works, and we can learn to love one another. And we can learn to 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 be dynamic and go out and win Jesus to the world, win the world to Jesus. Amen, amen. I hope I brought this message so that maybe once again the centrality of the gospel would come to your hearts as individuals, and in the heart of this church. May you go out and change Traverse City for Jesus Christ and then to all the far corners of the world. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I I thank you so much for saving me. Oh, Father, what a relief. And then to get to know you And I think of how many in this city walk in darkness, are out on their boats this morning because they don't care about you. They don't know about you. They live with their sin. But yet I I can't believe that they don't have a burning in their heart to, to know the truth. And Father, here we are this morning. We know the truth. We know Jesus is our Savior. He's changed us. And we live by faith. We change. Oh, Father, we want this for others. Father, I know this church has always been a place where people could learn of Jesus. Father, may they not just come and learn here, but, Father, may this be a place full of the power of God so that when we leave this place, these individuals will go out and seek baby lambs and preach the gospel because it's your power. Father, some of us, we, we just we're, we're just maybe a little weak in our faith, and we think it's up to us, Father, this morning speak to our hearts. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew, to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Father, take these two verses and transform our lives to preach the gospel to every creature. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.